Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. We are here for the 110th installment of the Talk That Talk show and you guys are still here with me, still want to check me out on Friday nights? Well, I'm so happy that you're here. Shout out to Hawks who's here on our Instagram live stream. But, you know, overall, it's been a really hot week, man. I tell you what. Uh, you know, especially from working in the days with Tim, uh, you know, when I get the chance to work with him, you know, it definitely gets really hot up in that sweatshop, man. And, you know, especially coming outside and, and when we've seen that, especially like today, I think it was like 95, 96, you know, it really like, I think today was the first day for me where it really just truly felt like summer. And I just wished that I was on the beach, but, um, you know, hopefully in these next couple days to come, you know, I'll get a chance to get my first chance out there at the beach because you know everybody that knows me and you know all all of my walks of life you know I've been a huge huge fan of the beach I love going to the beach but you know sadly enough with all the things that I've been you know going through and you know trying to get grinding and trying to get popping off you know it just hasn't left me much time to to relax on the beach so you know I'm definitely going to challenge myself within this next week or two to try and get my toes in the water and uh, try and get some relaxation in. But, you know, because of the fact that we've been grinding so hard, guys, you know, I got a lot to uh, be proud of, uh, um, a lot of progress that's been made over these past couple, you know, days as far as, you know, different ventures that I've been going off into. But, um, you know, the, the main staple has just been, you know, consistently grinding, you know, no matter what challenges come in the way, you know, just trying to find a way. And I think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get so accustomed to, you know, certain things going our way. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the grind isn't exactly appreciated, you know. And, and I was making a joke to my friend a little bit earlier. Um, but I was pretty much saying that, you know, there's I'm the type of person that, uh, you know, I like to roll with the flow and not complain about uh, the process. And, you know, I feel like, you know, especially at this point in time, you know, there's not really much I can complain about. Um, you know, a lot of the things that have been going well have been going very positive for me. And, um, you know, that that's a true proponent of what I believe in in, in um, doing the right thing and good things will happen to you. So, you know, like I said, it's been a great week and I just couldn't I was just so excited to come here on the mic and just spend some time with you all here. You know, shout out to my sponsors. Uh my boy Timmy Hugo over at Ink Parlor helping people to, you know, pretty much put some OGs, you know, into motion that I've been able to do. And, you know, my boy uh, Rob, who had his merchandise popping off, um, Tim has been doing some great work. So if you guys ever need anything custom or any type of apparel wise for your merchandise, please hit him up. I'm telling you, he does great work over at Ink Parlor. Also want to give a shout out to my boy Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life, helping people to get their financial freedom every single day. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Air We Are, uh, helping people to get their uh, heating and air conditioning needs uh, done over here in the South Side, man. Um, we got a lot of talent, a lot of talent out here and um, a lot of resources. And part of the reason why I have these sponsorship deals is that you all can be able to use them as well, too. And then also want to give a big time shout out to my boy Savion over at Skydive Socks. Any type of tie-dyeing or custom stuff, please give him a hit up over there because I tell you what, you know, he's putting out some hot stuff and you know, I've put out some hot stuff as well too. And it's it's when you're in good company and when you're in productive company, 
you know, a lot of great things happen. And also want to give a shout out. Uh, he's tuned in here, my boy Javi Caps. I'm going to get into a little bit about some of my uh, hat journey and some of my hat cops from the week. But um, uh, Javi's been somebody that, you know, I met at a previous hat drop before. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people talk about being outgoing and being receptive to opportunities. And, you know, just from me and say being at this hat drop, we got the awesome opportunity of meeting this guy, Javi. And pretty much, you know, just chopping it up about hats and, you know, just about some of the things that uh, are going on in the hat game. And you wouldn't think that this hat game is just such a big thing, but, you know, it really is. And, you know, over the past couple of days, I've met some really awesome people as far as, you know, making different sales and trades and acquiring different hats. And, um, you know, it, it's been a, it's been an amazing, you know, road for sure, especially with this Catmaster B account that I've had. Please follow me over at Instagram, Catmaster B. But, um, you know, like I said, long story short, Javi was somebody that, um, you know, we were sharing various information with. And now when I wasn't able to go to a certain drop, you know, he was able to secure it for me. So if anybody is looking out for some uh, capsule hats, I know they're dropping a, a, an amazing lavender colorway this, um, I think this Saturday. You know, hit up Javi underscore caps on Instagram and he should be able to secure that drop for you. But, um, you know, like I said, um, the, we, we've always been complaining about the bots that have been happening in um, the hat game and just how much things have changed over the past couple of weeks. But, you know, or even months, I should say, because of some of the release drops before. But, you know, there's no defense to the bots when you have um, networking. And I feel like, you know, over these past couple of weeks, you know, I've just really been adding to my, my network of, you know, hat and, and exchanging and everything. And, you know, it's really worked out well. And everybody that supported me over on my Catmaster B page, you know, I appreciate you so much. Even the people from out west, from San Diego, that copped hats from me that I dropped a couple pins in for you guys. You guys followed right up and followed me. So, you know, you know who you are, guys. Um, I appreciate you so much. And, you know, the amount of support that I've had, both just not even on this this podcast, not even just with Catmaster B, but just any type of venture that I've done. You know, I feel as though... Um, it takes me back to um, a conversation or, 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 um, or should I say a workshop that we had at one of my previous jobs. And they said the only thing that makes leaders leaders is the fact that they can get people to follow them. And I think that, you know, to get someone to follow you, it takes a, a huge amount of responsibility to not only uphold that relationship, but also to uphold your core values to make it a worthwhile relationship, you know. And I think that you know, over the past couple, you know, decades or however long I've been on this earth, you know, I've been blessed enough to have this, the people skills and the communication skills to be able to get people to follow me. And I think that, you know, I do accept that responsibility with a huge, huge, um, you know, just a, a big burden, because at the end of the day, you don't want to lead people in the wrong direction. And I really feel that, you know, my core values are the things that I hold true to make me who I am are part of the reasons why people feel trusted to follow me or to believe into me and, and to do these ventures. I mean, Kevin Schaefer came and, came and met me at the Garden um, right before the playoff game all the way from uptown. And, you know, it's that type of respect that I get from people and uh, that continues to make me go forward, continues to push me forward and uh, motivate me to do big and huge things, man. So once again, shout out to my boy Javi Caps for uh, coming through with the, uh, the hat assist and, you know, just extending it beyond hats, you know, 
you, anything that you do want in life, you know, you're going to have to use some sort of networking. So whether you're that person that's um, a little bit shy or whether you're that person that maybe isn't as comfortable enough reaching out to people, you know, don't be afraid to, to extend that hand or to see, you know, what else is out there. Because if you don't use those communication skills, you're never going to know what type of opportunities are out there, man. Um, and like I said, I've pretty much established a great, you know, relationship with my fitteds and, you know, they, I, especially having a brand that's, you know, come from New Jersey and uh, are putting out amazing dope hats. You know, I had to go right on board with uh, copping some of these dope hats that they had. But um, I'm going to get into it real quick. Some of these hat drops that I got from my fitteds and guys just get ready for the heat because this shit is flames. So the first one that I had to cop, you guys know me. Uh, I definitely like uh, the the um, the storyline, like I said, that goes behind hats. And this hat was actually mo modeled after a book. I think it was called the Magic Treehouse, for those that know. But this is actually a St. Louis Cardinals uh, with an old Cardinals logo. I mean, this is absolutely fuego, guys. And you know, you might have seen this colorway, maybe hat with Hat Club with the watermelon. But I think that this green is a little bit uh, of a more it makes the red pop a little bit more. And then we see they use the old 1957 All-Star Game patch here. I mean, this is absolutely flames, guys. And you're not going to be able to find this, you know, pretty much anywhere with this uh, colorway. And you have the nice stitched-in batterman here. But the best part of it, like I said, is that that red that pops in, and it just makes this this bird just pop out, especially with the gold accents, man. So I was super hyped to get my hands on this one. But... You know, we all know I'm a Mets fan. I have this Pro Image hat on here. Shout out to Pro Image. I, I was a little bit uh, disappointed at what, what they had to offer for this Saturday. So I'll be taking a break from going to Pro Image. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. You know, I feel that a lot of times, you know, sometimes people are, are hat slaves. You know, they're slaves to just one uh, hat brand or just because they're putting something out, then they got to cop it. You got to have your own eye and you got to have your own perception for saying, yo, this shit is hot. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we're in the era now where, you know, just because it's Hat Club or something like that, people just assume that it's hot rather than looking to the time that it took into making the colorway, into making an actual, like, uh, a scheme you know what i'm saying and i think that you know hat club is doing their thing but you know there is some great other competition out there so don't just like a hat just because it's hat club or just because it's my fitteds you know look at the hats and look at the story behind them and see you know maybe i like that maybe i'll cop that but you know knowing me you all know i'm a huge mets fan so i had to i had to cop the cilantro green Mets hat from my fitteds. It has the orangeade logo here. And my favorite part about this hat is is the patch. You know, very underrated patch here where we have the 1969 World Champions, the amazing Mets patch. I haven't seen this too I don't think I have even seen this on a Mets hat before. So this was an easy cop for me. Again, we have the stitched in Batterman logo on the back along with the cilantro green underbrim as well, too. You know, we've seen a real resurgence in green brim hats, man. And, you know, I, I like I said, when I saw this hat, it was an easy, easy cop for me because uh, I like the different concepts that come behind it. And to see, you know, my fitteds use the, the cilantro green because a guy likes cilantro on his tacos, you know, it's it's pretty interesting, man. But... The hat of the week, if you, you know, I know everybody's talking about the panic or, you know, the one hat that I saw everybody was going crazy for from my fit is that, 
you know, I was so blessed to get my hands on. But this is this Raph Simmons, ASAP Rocky inspired Seattle Mariners hat here with the canary yellow underbrim. This is absolutely fire, guys. This is fuego. We have the 2001 All-Star Game patch. Uh, it just really pops, man. And I feel like, you know, especially with the hats and the way that uh, different colorways are being designed in this new age hat game, you know, a lot of people want to see the colors pop and you want to see how they're blended together. And I think this is a great example of the, the direction that the hat game is going in right now with the patch selection and also the colorways to try and make it pop, man. And, you know, it, that was a hat I have not seen before, man. And I, I, I was, like I said, I was blessed to be able to get my hands on that. And Javi said, that is panic, yo. So, yeah, thank you, Javi. Shout out to you. But Javi is actually somebody that I was able to hook up with a shirt here. And, again, I'm super excited to share with you all here. The OG12 has officially released, man. So, I, I, like I said, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. This was actually something that I had in the works, but I didn't exactly tell a lot of people about. I kept this under wraps for a long time. But, you know, one of the things that they say about success is that, you know, you have to have a plan to be successful. And oftentimes, you know, I think that in, in – um, when it comes to creating merchandise, and especially for people out there that are tuning in from the hat game or, or tuning in just in general looking to start your own merchandise, but the key thing is to really look and see what is it that you like, man. You know, you don't want to put your name on a brand or you don't want to put your face on a brand as something that you don't fuck with, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I wanted to really take my time to, to see what direction I really wanted to go with, with this drop. And... You know, through thinking about it and talking with my boy Tim, you know, I, I was tired of doing the same shit. I had done a, a T-shirt before, you know, I'd done hoodies, you know, I'd rocked out with that. But, you know, I really wanted to challenge myself and see what I could do differently that I hadn't done merchandise-wise. So, you know, ultimately with talking with Tim actually back in May, um, so this was about a month and two months of advanced planning, and, you know, I pretty much worked it out to where, you know, I could get these shirts so they could drop right before the 4th of July. Because like you see me in here, I'm sweating a little bit. I think I got to hit up Air We Are. Maybe they got to check us out. But, um, you know, with it getting hotter out, and I mentioned it earlier on in the show, you know, you're not going to want to see yourself in some bulky T-shirts or some bulky stuff for too long. So I present to you the OG12 here, guys. This is actually going to be the tank top talk that talk show shirt with the cherry red and then also with the American flag in the background. Guys, this is absolutely fuego, man. Um, shout out to all the people that have supported so far in this uh, this OG12 release. Um, like I said, I'm very blessed to have people that want to support my show, that want to rock my merchandise. And guys, you know, it's not going to stop there, man. Um, I think we have, you know, definitely have a lot of sizes still left and available. You know, so if you all, if you do want to have those suns out, guns out, right? If you've been in and lifting and you want to get the arms out there, um, 
I got these OG 12s for you. Um, we're going to have you right for the cookout. You have, you'll be very patriotic. and Because, uh, listen, we're going to be outside, man. So if you want to be outside, you know, we got the perfect shirt for you. So please message me at underscore talk that talk show on Instagram. Message me at uh, underscore Barry Buckets or uh, at, at CatmasterB on Instagram. And I'll, you know, figure out how to get to you a shirt. And we can get this shipped out to you uh, very quickly, guys. Um, like I said, and thank you once again to everybody that has supported. Shout out to my boy Dave Stoneness on Facebook Live. Shout out to Wilson Cody. Shout out to my boy Ishabod Crane. My boy Eric Rivera uh, over listening in from California. Uh, guys, I'm very blessed to be here. And, you know, as much as I love to talk hats and about my merchandise, you all know me from being a sports reporter, and you know I got to get into some of this sports heat that's happened. But one of the crazy things that I saw in the uh, the news headlines was the fact that we had um, an all-NBA snub. And, you know, out of all the players that we could think of, you think, who was that all-NBA snub, right? And sadly enough, I have to say it, guys, but that all-NBA snub was Russell Westbrook. Now... Some people may be shocked, but I tell you what, I'm not shocked that he's not an all-NBA player, and I'm going to tell you why. Even though the man averaged a triple-double, I mean, guys, what more can he do for that team? Have you seen that Washington Wizards roster? Oh, my gosh, that, that, that roster is a skeleton-depleted team that I don't know how they limped into the playoffs. I'll tell you how they limped in. Russell Westbrook, right? And what he did was by averaging that triple-double, he vaulted that team into playoffs. And granted, they won one game in the playoffs. They didn't get swept. But, you know, it's hard to find what Russell Westbrook does on a day-to-day -day basis, man. And it leads me to believe, like, you know, how can a guy like that, you know, get snubbed on the All-NBA team? Well, if you think about it, this was actually the first year in a long time that Russell Westbrook was not an all-star. So the writing was kind of much on it was kind of on the wall earlier in the season when we saw that he wasn't voted as an all-star. So when you have a guy like him who wasn't voted like an all-star, is not getting the gratification, he's not getting that notoriety for doing such a tremendous feat like that and for breaking the record of, you know, most triple doubles, it, it kind of leads you to think, well, well shit. What do you want from this guy if you want an all-NBA player, right? We have Zeeshan who says he's a stat patter. And you have other people that truly do believe like that. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, if you don't have those stats to uh, try and make this person an all-NBA player, then what criteria do we have to judge this person to make them an all-NBA player? And one would easily say winning, right? Well... We can't really use that argument if you think about it because the all-NBA first-team players, you have a Steph Curry who averaged the 30 points per game or something like that, but his team didn't even get to the playoffs. They just went to the playing round, but yet he's an all-NBA first-team player. You have a guy, Luka Doncic, who was a first-team all-NBA player who didn't average a triple-double, but is still an all-NBA first-team player and didn't even make it out the first round either. So if we want to talk about empty stats, there are definitely a lot of empty stats within that all-NBA first team, right? So we can't use the winning argument, and if, we, and if we're saying that this pats are st uh, the stats are padded, then what criteria does Russell Westbrook not meet, right? I mean, in, in, in the only way... Like I said, the only way to really break this down or to make some sense out of this is that 
this is really comes down to a, a popularity contest because we all know that Russell Westbrook is not the most popular player in the league. You look at uh, Hawks who says Trey Young got snubbed too. At first, I would have said, yes, you're right. But look, look what he's doing in the postseason. Look what he's done for that Hawks team. You know, uh, it's hard to see players like that that don't get the um, the notoriety that they should because of the popularity of other players. You know what I'm saying? Does Russell make the players around him better? Um, yo, honestly, I have to say in this season and, and definitely in seasons past, yes, he has because – you look at that Wizards team and what are they? They're not even winning 20 games without Russell Westbrook. I promise you that. Um, you know, granted, I truly do believe in winning and, and I do believe that Russell Westbrook has had, you know, his problems with winning in the postseason and having that postseason success. But when you look at other team, other players within that team, like a Steph Curry who made the all NBA team first team, I don't think he made that guy Nico Mannion any better. You know, I you know if you talk about uh, Luka Doncic, I don't think Luka made Tim Hardaway Jr. any better. You know, I just think that you know when we come down to these end of the seasons awards, and you talk about uh, LeBron James who was bounced out of the first round, had his injury problems, and was still All NBA second team. You know, so there's definitely some criteria issues that are uh, within the voting, and then you think about okay. Well, were the other three, uh, the third team players that were uh, better than Russell Westbrook? And it's hard to make the case that they weren't better than him, right? Because they had certain success. So you have uh, a Bradley Beal, his own teammate, got picked over him because Bradley Beal was averaging 30 points. You have a Jimmy Butler, playoff Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Kyrie Irving. You're going to have a hard time making a, uh, a conversation for Russell Westbrook when you you know have those type of players ab above him. But you have to really understand and really signify what is the defined criteria of an all-NBA player because when I look at people like a Steph Curry or a Luka Doncic who have those quote-unquote empty stats, you can't use that same argument then for a Russell Westbrook Whose stats really weren't empty if he has if he's averaging a triple double with a bunch of nobodies. You you tell you name me three players on the Wizards besides Bradley Beal. I'm still waiting because I don't know anybody. I'll tell you that right now. But the, you know you guys see me here. You see me and I got my my big nets my big Mets attire, and you know especially in the bowling alley. You know I get a lot of questions because I have my Mets stuff on and I'm a huge Mets fan, but. You know, one of the questions that I've gotten asked about a lot is, you know, what's going on with this Jacob DeGrom? Shout out to my boy Mookie. Uh, he says, you're, shout out to you, Mookie. Uh, thanks for tuning in, bro. And keep doing your lives, man, because you're killing it too. But um, one of the things that I have to say is that these Mets have been playing very, very well. And a lot has been, especially in that series against the Cubs, where, you know, they, they picked up a couple good games and got some confidence-boosting wins. I was actually at the game on Monday was able to catch this nice shirt. But um, like I said, one of the things that I've been asked about so much has been what's going on with Jacob DeGrom. And we saw in his last outing, he pitched very well. I mean, very solid. He was going, uh, I think he had eight, strike, eight out of nine strikeouts, but they pulled him after the third inning because of shoulder tightness. Now we hear that he's not going to miss his next start. 
You know, he's just going to take it day by day. But, you know, what I tell you to you is this, man. You know, you, you're you playing with a, a dangerous, dangerous hand when you want to consistently throw him out there knowing that, you know, something just might not be right. I mean, even with him, and the most dangerous thing is that, you know, he looked great. I mean, striking out eight out of nine guys in a perfect three innings, you know, you're thinking about much bigger, but, you know, he, only he knows his body, and he had to tell somebody, yo, guys, I, I'm not feeling too good here. And if this is a constantly reoccurring issue, you know, regardless of how well he's pitching right now, we have him signed for a long time. And what we've seen is, you know, in other sports as well, when you continue to try and bring back that star athlete too quickly, you know, it can be problems for you. I mean, look at Kemba Walker, who I'm sure he loved playing, you know, basketball, but he was sidelined and shelved for most of this year and the year before, and his stay in Boston wasn't that great. And maybe Boston has something to do with that by bringing him back before he was ready. But what we've seen here is that in multiple sports, when you bring back players, especially with KD, when he was on the Warriors with that Achilles, you know, when you bring back players too quickly, you're really riding a dangerous, dangerous path. And, you know, I love Jacob DeGrom. You know, he's going to arguably go down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time of my generation. Um, he's been pitching out of his mind. I mean, the guy's got an ERA under zero, I mean, under one. But with all that said, he means too much to this franchise. I'm not going to say this season. He means too much to this franchise to have to have him maybe eventually get a Tommy John surgery eventually down the line because they wore him out on some, you know, July, June games, you know. Um, I just really want him to, you know, as much as I don't like, as much as we're in the pennant race, as much as, you know, we are contenders, you know, sometimes you got to shelf the best guy even though he wants to be out there because I'm sure Jacob DeGrom – you know, wants to be out there, and I'm sure he didn't want to pull himself, but he knows his body, and, you know, if this is becoming, like I said, a reoccurring thing, I would entertain even sitting him for a month, you know what I'm saying? I'd say, hey, let's shut you down for a month, let's get some tests here, I know you want to be out there, but you mean too much, we are paying you X amount of millions of dollars to represent this franchise beyond just this year, please, Let's make sure that we can get this right. We have Eric that says, that's true. Thank you, brother. And you have Hawks that says, you're up six six in the games on the Braves. Let him rest for a couple weeks. Yeah, I believe so, Hawks. I mean, you got T1 Walker who's been pitching well. Um, you know, you have the bullpen who's been stepping it up in, um, in whatever time that they've been asked, except for my boy Trevor May. Whatever he's got, where these tipping pitches or something, please get it fixed, man, because – you know, let's put it this way. When I was at that game on Monday, and I think it was that Peterson had such a, a – maybe he was pitching one-hit ball going into the sixth inning, and, you know, May, May gives up two dingers, you know, back-to-back. -back. And, you know, I don't know whether he's tipping pitches or whatever, but granted, we were up four runs, but, you know, Trevor May is going to be coming to a situation again where he's going to have to shut out the, sh shut out the side or he's going to have to get some key outs not with a two-run lead. So, you know, I'm going to be really hard, you know, pause on Trevor May because, you know, it's those type of relief pitching that killed us in last year and it killed us in years past. And this is the relief pitching that we have this year to where it's kind of been a strength. So I just want to be, you know, really clear that, 
You know, the pitching has been well, but Trevor May, you got to step it up, bro, and don't tip those pitches. Because if Jacob DeGrom is going to be shelved for at least like a month or so, you're going to have to see some of those guys maybe getting some bullpen games or, you know, some spot starts. So, you know, let's see what they have to do. But on top of everything else, and the one thing that I definitely wanted to, you know, end everybody with thinking with is this one thing that's happened from Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley, if you if you all don't know, he used to play wide receiver for the Cowboys, and he's a wide receiver now for the Buffalo Bills. But he's definitely um, showed his his distaste, you know, his his unsatisfaction for the new uh, COVID updated rules in the NFL. And you know, I, I wrote them down because I wanted you all to really you know see just the change that the NFL is going to make to try and make sure that they can beat this COVID and uh, get their players out there. And what we've seen, like I said, is people like Cole Beasley who are in utter outrage and saying, who voted for this? But first and foremost, for, excuse me, first and foremost, you know, vaccinated players, right? So Cole Beasley is someone that is not vaccinated. And he's saying, and what he said in these, you know, tweets that have been semi-cryptic or semi, you know, out there in the face, but he's pretty much saying that, you know, the NFL is establishing these rules in place that pretty much make it impossible for you to not even be a part of your team without having the vaccination. And I've said before on, you know, multiple episodes, it's okay that, you know, people like this va vaccine, that, uh, you know, it's good ho and hopeful for people and, and it's providing, you know, good results. But you have people out there that do not want to get vaccinated and you have to normalize that. But the problem is a lot of people don't have that, um, because they've gotten vaccinated, they see it as a necessity for others. And I saw it at the bowling alley where, you know, damn near everybody in that bar didn't have the mask on, but I had my mask on trying to order a drink. And the one girl asked me, she's like, yo, Barry, you didn't get vaccinated? What are you doing, bro? Like, don't you want to not have a mask on like me? And had she had said something else or some sort of other clinical explanation or something, I could have been like, all right, you know what? You got that. But just the fact that people are getting this vaccine so they don't have to wear masks, you know, it's it, it's a um, it, it's very interesting, man. It's a slippery slope. But I say that all to bring you back to what Cole Be Beasley said here, and these are the the stipulations that are now in place for people that are not vaccinated. There needs to be testing every single day. So we understand, you know, just how important it is, but. If testing needs to be done every single day, I don't see why that applies to someone that's vaccinated and someone that's not vaccinated. Because I've seen in my own life, you know, people that have been vaccinated that have gotten COVID as well, too. So, you know, just as, you know, everyone is susceptible to getting this virus, whether you're vaccinated or not. It's just a matter of, you know, if you are vaccinated, it's going to be less of a, uh, you know, less of a strain on you if you do get it. But, you know, testing will be required every day. I think that should go across the board. If you're doing it one, do it for the other. But the next thing that we have is, you know, you must remain physically distant from others in the facility. So if you have 38 people that are vaccinated, you need to be that one person standing right over there, you know, not with everybody else. And, you know, it seems crazy, but these are the things that are put in place. Another thing that you have, travel restrictions, right? So say you're a star player, Julio Jones, 
is not vaccinated, he can't take the trip to Green Bay now because of travel restrictions. These are the things that are in place. Then on top of that, here now, I can now these first three, I can understand it. I say, okay, this is for player safety. This is so players don't catch COVID. All right, this is good, right? Now you have no social media marketing or sponsorship activities permitted. So tell me, how is that okay for someone to not have those type of monetary, excuse me, monetary opportunities because you are not vaccinated? That's crazy, guys. I don't know if you see this, but this is crazy. And then also, you may not leave the team hotel to eat at any restaurants at all, anytime, if you are not vaccinated. So, you know, I understand protecting players, and I understand that, but... What I see here is not a protection of players. I see a protection of property. And we always talk about this, about how, you know, there's always a struggle between, you know, big time organizations and the players because you even had someone like a Kyrie Irving who says, yo, we're not property. And you have a Doris Burke who said, well, when you sign that dotted line, Kyrie, you are property of that team, which may be true. But, you know, I think that oftentimes we forget that these athletes are people and that, you know, the things that are in place, you know, are put to, to protect and to keep these players and athletes safe. But then there's things that go a little bit overboard and you think, are they really protecting the players or are they protecting their money? You know, and I think that that's... Um, that's a little bit like it said, that's OD. And these are the things that are in place. And that's why Cole Beasley is like, who voted on this? Because here you have a guy who didn't even see that there was a player's vote on this. It was kind of just cast on him. And I take this big step because you know me, I'm always about thinking about the bigger picture. And the first thing that I have to think about is like, holy shit, if this is going to happen in the NBA... You don't think that this could potentially happen as a trickle-down effect out here? I mean, we talk about travel restrictions. Are there going to be travel restrictions in place? We've already seen in, in uh, you know, the stadium in certain games that you can't sit in sections if you're not vaccinated. Guys, we are living through modern-day segregation right before our eyes between the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated, bro. It's uh, You have David says clearly clearly designed to force the vaccination, which is true, Dave. Like, all these things that are in place are forcing these players. It's pretty much saying, if you want to live your normal, you know, whatever. And I actually talked to um, a guy, Justin Gallup, his father. Shout out to Dan. Uh, but he was pretty much saying that there is no normal now. There's, there's a new norm every single day. So, guys, we're not going to get back to a normal. There is no new – there is no normal. But – the thing is, and what you have to be receptive to is, you know, just make sure that you are making conscious decisions for yourself. It's the same thing, like I said, with hats earlier. If you're a fan of a pro image hat, fuck it, wear it. Just because it's not hat club, it doesn't matter. If you like that hat, wear the hat. And in that same realm, if you don't want to get the vaccine, then don't get it. If you want to get the vaccine, then get it. Everyone has their own reasons. But it's it's not right to then force those things and to try and create and, and, and disturb the environment around people's living spaces and the way that they conduct their lives to force you to make a decision that you don't want to do. And, you know, the, like these rules that are being put in the NFL, guys, these are things that are happening. So if you think that that shit won't happen to us in this society around us, guys, 
Just keep your eyes open. Be receptive to go to what's going on and keep a sound mind, yo. Keep a sound mind because that's one of the most things that's very underrated is for people to be able to make sound and smart and clear decisions, right? So whatever your decisions may be, stick to your core values, but don't feel pressured by any single person to do something that you don't want to do. And, you know, I think that's a great segue, guys, because nobody's forcing me to do this shit. I want to come here every week and talk to y'all. And one of the things I look forward to is always doing a nice review with you guys of whatever alcohol that I'm drinking at the time. And right now, I've been on this, this binge, this seltzer binge. You know, you guys have been with me for like the past month, five, six weeks where I've been drinking all the seltzers in the world. But, you know, this one... I think they, they, they called it a flavorful tropical cocktail. It's by Corona Refresca. And this is a passion fruit lime. And, you know, a lot of times with these seltzers, like I said, the, 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 the taste of them can be a little bit bland. But I think with this one, uh, with the Refrescas coming from uh, Corona, at least with the ones that I've had before, they've been very, very... Um, flavorful and something that i've enjoyed you know having those flavors right shout out to my boy that boy heard uh follow him on instagram that boy underscore heard um he's hilarious he has some great sketches over on tiktok uh please check him out but uh thank you for tuning in brother but you know this is what i'm uh gonna be reviewing today it's called a corona refresca it's called a passion fruit lime uh, imported from Mexico, and we got, I'm trying to look and see how much percent alcohol we have on here, um, but I th I'm thinking this is somewhere in the five to six, okay, here we go, we got 4.5% alcohol, so this is gonna, it's not gonna punch you right in the face, but if you have one or two or three of these, you know, it'll get you to where you need to go, Z said, is that orange mango, no Z, this is passion fruit lime, so I I've heard that the orange mango is very good, I might have to check that out next time, but this one right here is where we have the passion fruit lime. If you guys have your drinks out there, please put your drinks up. I appreciate and love every single one of you for tuning in with me each and every week. And yo, the shit ain't stopping, guys. Here we go. Guys, that is really refreshing. Especially when you mention the word refresca, you know... It's just really refreshing, man. I, I'm when 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 you when you take a drink, especially of a seltzer. Sometimes I feel like I can't like really glug it down. Pause. And I think that part of the reason why that is is because, like we said, of that that bland taste or the fact that you know it, it might have that too much carbonation. But just from literally taking you know some sips of this shit, I tell you what, guys, this is definitely something. If I'm going to the beach. I can see myself getting some refrescas, putting those in the cooler and saying, yo, crack one open for me. <sighs> cheers to you, Eric. And cheers to everybody that's tuned in on our Facebook and Instagram live. It's been a great episode. We've been rocking out. You know, you guys got to check out our website, talkthattalkshow.com. Make sure you check out our Instagram, underscore talk that talk show. Check me out at Catmaster B. I'm always posting all the new fitteds that I'm uh, copping, some of the stuff that I have for trade and for sale. You know the vibes. Um, shout out also to our other page on, um, what was it? I think we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Any type of streaming platform, we're on it. And if you want to, and then for those people that are out there, and I've seen we're in Idaho, Utah, 
um, California, Nevada, uh, Texas we saw, uh, Montana. If you guys are the people that are listening in, downloading this show, and that have helped me to get to now, you know, close to 16,000 downloads, you know, please tune into our YouTube. Subscribe into the YouTube as well, too, guys, because, you know, there's so many avenues, so many channels for you to, to check out. Uh, shout out to my boy Josh Palazzi, DJ Joshy P, really gets me through those long days at work. And, yo, before I end this, yo, I'll say one thing, all right, before I end this podcast. I'm so glad that you t- you tuned in, Josh. But um, you know, one of the things that we had towards the end of uh, one of the last days where we were in the shop, you know, he goes to me and uh, they pretty much mentioned this joking thing. You know, I thought they were joking, but they're like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go take some BP, let's take some batting practice." And you know, I'm like, you know what? I think these guys are joking, bro. I don't know, but um, you know, I I, I pretty much like juggled it in my mind for like uh, probably most of the day. And then, like, it, it became like a reality when I came in the next day, like, oh, shit, these guys are serious. They really want to go batting practice. So I said, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll go out there and do it. You know, I hadn't swung a bat in over, I don't know, 15, 10 years. And like I said, um, I've always mentioned before about on this podcast, it's always about, like, challenging yourself and doing some shit that you don't think you can do. And, you know, I've been known for playing basketball, playing in college, you know, I'm known for my hats and stuff here, bowling, whatever the fuck I'm doing. You know, I'm doing a lot of stuff. But, you know, one of the things that I haven't done in a long, long time was swing a baseball bat. And, you know, I proved to myself and, and also to Tim and to Josh that, you know, I can hit. Yo, yo, Josh says it on the Facebook. He goes, Barry hits. And, you know, I I proved that to myself. And not only to Josh, and even on the video, it's funny. You can hear Tim say, Barry, for not swinging the bat and how long I'm impressed. And... It's those types of situations that, you know, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it's the motivation for me doing things, but what I will say is that it definitely makes things more gratifying, right? Like, you know, it's always an inner struggle between ourselves as far as what can we do or what we think we can't do. And as long as you can put out of your mind that can't, then there's no telling what you can do. And that was a proof to myself to be able to hit the ball damn near 300 350 yards from never swinging a bat in a long time you know it's been a long time man and and I can definitely see myself you know going out for some more batting practice with Josh and Tim and you know challenging myself you know a lot more but you know like I said to everyone out there don't be afraid to challenge yourself and don't be don't be afraid to find out what is it that you can do right so once again this is the talk that talk show Every single Friday night, just like Admiral says, it's like riding a bike. Uh, I love you all. You know, shout out once again to my sponsors. Here we are um, helping everybody with their heating and air conditioning needs in the in the South Side. Shout out to my boy Savion Gainer over at Skydive Socks. Shout out to uh, Tim over at Ink Parlor. Excuse me. And finally, shout out to uh, Maria and Joe Snow over in New York Life helping people to get their financial freedom daily. Guys, don't be afraid to reach out also and get yourself an OG12, okay? These are not going to be around for too long. You know how the releases go. If you don't hop on it quick, it's going to be gone like that. So once again, thank you so much to everybody that tunes in. This is the Talk That Talk Show. I love you all, and I'll see you next week for episode 111.